Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Woodstock Whispers podcast. I am George Zach, a Woodstocker from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And here on this podcast, we're trying to capture some of the oral history of Camp Woodstock as we run up to its 100th birthday here in 2022. Uh, what's changed about Camp Woodstock? What's stayed the same? And just to get good stories as to some of the things that have happened at Camp Woodstock over the years. One of the things that's been really neat for me with this run up to the 100th is that just with all the activity, there's been a lot of alumni coming together and meeting and trying to plan the 100th. And it's just great sometimes to see uh, a lot of the old faces. But I was introduced to a new face uh, that I never met at Camp Woodstock. But amazingly, while I'm out here in Colorado, I found out lives about a mile from me. Uh, and it's also a Woodstock al alumni. And I'm gonna let him do his own introduction here a second and where he's gonna tell us a little about who he is, when he was at Woodstock, a little bit about his Woodstock experience. And then we have a really special treat that Ken here led us to. So Ken, welcome. Who the heck are you anyway? <laughs> Hi everybody. Uh, my name is Ken Langford and I am a second generation Woodstocker from Connecticut. Now living in Colorado, as George says, uh, I attended camp from 1970 to 1978 with one missed year in there. And uh, uh, our family was introduced to Camp Woodstock by my grandfather, who sent three of his children to Camp Woodstock starting in the 1930s. And uh, one of them is the subject of our podcast today. The subject for today's podcast is an interview that was held with uh, Wadi Filer. Tell me about who this gentleman is and how this interview came to be. So Wadi Filer is my uncle. He was my mom's brother. And incidentally, uh, my mom, Ruth Filer, also attended Camp Woodstock, as did her sister, Grace Filer. So uh, Wadi was one of three, and he was the first of the three to attend Camp Woodstock in the 1930s. Uh, Wadi was born in 1923, and, uh, and uh, he was born in September, so he first attended camp in 1930 at age seven, just before he was getting ready to turn eight years old. So, and so there's this interview that we're going to have here. How did this interview come to be? Actually, uh, I think that there's a second interview with Wadi that uh, Mike Sherman and somebody else, uh, maybe Kerry Green, conducted. Uh, what happened was in, 19, in 2013, Wadi and I went and visited Camp Woodstock, and I think there's going to be a picture posted to uh, illustrate that. And uh, Mike and Kerry came around and met Uncle Wadi and uh, asked him a bunch of questions, and we walked around camp, and he pointed to various things. Uh, that he knew about that uh, other people didn't. And uh, so I thought that it would be a great idea to interview him at, uh, you know, outside of camp, about camp. Uh, but as he was advancing in age, I was unable to conduct the interview because I was geographically separated from him. So this interview is conducted by his grandson, a guy named Aaron Filer. And it was conducted in August of 2020 just uh, less than a year before Wadi passed away. So what should we expect? Just, I mean, obviously the interview will speak for itself, but what context would you put to the interview, Ken? Wadi uh, attended both as a camper and as a leader, I guess you would have called him. 
at that time, or uh, I, I don't know what the exact term was then, but uh, he just had experiences with Camp Woodstock very early in uh, the history of the camp. And one of the things I want to mention that is not in his recorded interview, but he said when we were at camp was uh, that the very first thing that happened when he arrived at Camp Woodstock in 1930 <clears throat> was they handed him a hammer and nails and told, <laughs> to, and told him to build his own bunk. So <laughs> his first day at camp was building his own bunk. Now, there was a time at Woodstock where they were in tents. They, they slept in tents. And there yep. are pictures of this. And so yep. this must have been the very early days of the first cabins at Camp Woodstock. Right. I, I guess if they, because they didn't even have bunks, you had to build it on the day that you go do a swim fest and, and build your bunk sort of thing. That's right. It, it would seem to me that this is um, the, uh, I, I think when I first heard of this interview a couple of years ago, I think it was at that time touted as the the oldest living woodstocker and as far as i know this is the farthest reach back into the past in, in capturing an oral take on 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 that time and it, it i i've listened to it obviously and i found it really interesting for him to talk about some of those things at woodstock at that time and and we i didn't hear about the bed as you said but it's just it's amazing how uh, some things there at Woodstock were very much still the same camp experience, but some things were, were very different. And it's really great that, that, uh, so this is your, this is your nephew or your cousin that, that captured well, this. My, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's my cousin's son. Mm -hmm. So okay. he's Wadi's grandson. Okay. Captured this and he captured this. And, uh, then you were able to take it back and, and and you've provided some edits to it so that uh we, we we can hear this at this at this time what else would you want to tell us about the interview to let the uh the listeners jump in into it okay one of the other things that uh is talked about a little bit in the interview but was a little bit less clear and i want to clarify it is that uh, when we got to the craft barn at the main uh, camp there uh wadi pointed out that the basement of the craft barn used to be where they stored the ice for the camp now this is important because camp woodstock started at a time that was near the introduction of the electric refrigeration system so right. uh, the first electric refrigerators were in 1915 but they were by no means widespread in fact uh as of 1940 which was 10 years or yeah, basically the end of Wadi's tenure at Camp Woodstock, only 44% of American households had their own refrigerator. So oh they, they still used what was called an ice box. And you can sometimes hear some people call a refrigerator an ice box. But what that was, was an insulated box with physical ice in the bottom of it and that ice served, or it might have been in the top of it, but it served to keep food fresh so you didn't have to buy it that day and prepare it. And right. so, uh, so basically, Camp Woodstock stored their ice, which came out of Black Pond during the wintertime. They would cut blocks of ice out of Black Pond, haul them up to the craft barn, and store them underneath the craft barn for use all summer long. Right. And I think for listeners that started attending camp at some point I, I don't know when the craft barn shifted but from the i would say late 90s or early 2000s 
the barn that you and I knew as campers as the craft barn, which is adjacent to the old dining hall and the director's house up in the uh, at the flagpole, the upper flagpole field. That's the craft barn that you're I'm assuming you're referring to. That's the, correct. The basement of that one. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is so, great. I'm going to go ahead, Ken, please. Yeah, just uh, just just to say that uh, the history of Camp Woodstock is also partly the history of technological evolution. And we don't necessarily think of it that way because most of us, our, our experience with Camp Woodstock, you know, only goes back a couple of decades. Right. And, uh, you know, even to think that uh, in the 1970s, when I was at Camp Woodstock, there was no such thing as email. You know, I mean, we were, we were snail mailing our, our parents, you know, or sending them postcards at home and things like this. So I just want to reflect on the fact that, you know, the history of Camp Woodstock also reflects, you know, how, how people experienced it reflects what technology was doing at that time. Yeah, I, I'm pretty certain Wadi was not dealing with uh, a shower in the boathouse at, when, <laughs> when he went to camp, if, if he was building his own bunk. Uh, they, well, may have, uh, I, they may have been bathing in the lake. I think they were I'm, bathing in the lake. I'm going to guess that's a, that's a safe that's a safe bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, just before we roll the interview, I just want to shout out that uh, Wadi's son, Tom, attended camp as a uh, as a camper. And that's his son, Aaron, is the one who conducted the interview, but Aaron never did. And uh, uh, my brother and sister, Dave and Linda, both attended camp. So we have um, seven verified Woodstockers as a part of our, uh, our broader family. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. And you're going to be attending the 100th next year, correct, Ken? Yes, I will. Excellent. You know, and I, as as... Ken and I chatted about this. Ken has got so many other stories and he's connected to so many other really interesting, um, even outside of himself, other interesting historical nuggets that we're going to look to connect on and capture in this Sock Whispers podcast. Ken, thanks again to you and uh, Wadi's grandson. I think you said your cousin's son. I, I can never figure out Yes. which cousin removed that is or anything like that. But thank you so much for collecting this, uh, this great nugget. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoy this interview with, with Wadi. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback on it. And again, as always, uh, let us know if you have stories that you would like to share about your Woodstock experience. All right, let's hear it. So... First, I want to start off, when did you first start going to camp? Do you remember when your first time going to camp? How old were you? Yeah, let me think. Seven. Seven? Do you remember what the what Camp Woodstock looked like? Like the buildings, sort of, did you have air conditioning? No. Yeah. <laughs> did you camp in, um, in uh, tents or did you have cabins? We had cabins. Cabins? So, what type of buildings were there? Uh, well, the cabins. There was one bed in the center. He was the leader. Or he he was in charge of us. So there's like beds surrounding the leader. Yeah. Now, in some cabins, there was two beds, one over the other, for the leaders but not in all cabins. Okay. And uh, 
you said you were seven, so I was wondering, were you are you were you sleeping in the same cabin as people with that were sixteen or or older than you? No, they were two or three years as old as I was. What other buildings were there? What uh, ty- what types of buildings were there as well? Well, there was an infirmary. Mm-hmm. You know, where if you got sick or cut your finger or something, they'd go there and they'd fix it. Did you ever have to go there? Um, I don't think so. Huh, that's good. <laughs> um, what other buildings? Is there like a place to eat? A place where all the activities were? Well, we used to have to walk about a half a mile up an old dirt road or we could go through the woods on a trail that we had made and uh, would eat in this dining hall and they would cook the food in the dining hall and serve it. Okay. You were talking about a trail that led from the cabins to the dining hall. There was the furthest from the center of the camp were the the new people, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the younger kids. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then as you got older, you got the better cabin. Okay. In other words, uh, when, when it first started, you got whatever was available, but then you start to get some better cabins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so. Do you remember any activities that you did? Like, uh, activities as in, um, games or what type of stuff did you do at the camp? Oh, we played baseball and, uh, mostly I think softball. Softball? Yeah. And, uh, then we had dinners, of course. Uh, yeah, and just general activities like you'd have at any place. It's, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe some people played tennis. I didn't. I don't think, I don't think we were much on tennis, but they had internal baseball teams would play one another, uh, and basketball, we play some basketball, basketball? too, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, and wait, let's see, we had cookouts, and, uh, we had, we used to sing a lot. Okay. And, uh, in the morning, guy'd play the piano, and we'd sing these different songs, and, uh. Oh, we went canoeing, of course. I like canoeing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a, in the river, there was a big, big, huge stone. And I want to go back and visit that. We used to climb on that stone. It was on the other side of the river from where our camp was, I think. You couldn't take a canoe until after you'd swam from the center of the lake to the shore so that 
no matter where you were, you could always get to shore. But they figured if you could do that, no matter where you were, you could always swim to the shore, you know. So, mm -hmm. uh, Did you swim to the middle of the lake? Yeah, I, I swam from the middle of the shore, so I was able to use the canoe. Wow. That's good. Did you also go do other things on the water, like fishing or anything like that? No. Oh, wait, wait. yeah. I went fishing one time on the other side of the... It was like a lake. On the other side, I went fishing and I caught a 22-inch northern bass fish. Wow. You know, that's that's a big fish. Twenty two inches, that's like yeah, that's yeah. big. Yeah. And uh I kept it in the freezer and I showed it to everybody and then it got so kinda dried up and dehydrated <laughs> after many years. So How how long did you keep the fish? Oh uh, until I until I grew up. <laughs> oh yeah, I even after I grew up, I, mm -hmm. I I used to show people the fish I caught. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, in the cookouts, did you guys camp? Did you guys do like campouts overnight, or did you just have daytime cookouts where you'd cook food and then head back to the cabins? Oh, we always went back to the cabin. It's, uh and uh, we had to be there and be in bed at a certain time and uh yeah it's, uh, the county that the camp was in was the largest county of any county in the whole state of connecticut so how long did you go to camp woodstock you said your first time was when you were seven years old until what age did you did you go to camp woodstock Oh, I think I actually went until I got old enough to be a leader. So and then I got to sleep in the middle of the cabin and watch the other kids and holler at them if they didn't think they should do it. Yeah. It's, uh, so how old were you when that happened? Were you like 16, 17 years old when you became a... You said that you were a leader? 16. 16? Yeah. Okay. And what was it like being a leader? What types of things did you do? I know you had to keep the kids in check, make sure they weren't acting out. Yeah, well, we used to have to discipline them. And sometimes after dinner at noontime or lunch or... I was supposed to help the man who kind of ran, well, he didn't run the camp, but he was custodian, I guess you call him. Okay. Yeah. There was one guy, he was supposed to be in charge of all the waiters. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't doing so good, so they told me because I was supposed to fix the camp and mm -hmm. work in the workshop and and teach the kids how to do those things and, 
and uh, but then uh, I had these four positions that we didn't fill. One, two, three, and four. So that means that everyone, the second week that they were at camp and they were on that duty, everyone got promoted. They liked that. So then I decided I wasn't getting good meals because they were a lot of commotion. So I got a stool. I forgot where I found it, someplace in the camp. So I sat on a stool, and the number one person who got fed, guess who it was? Who? Me. Well, what's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. No, because uh, then I could see which guys were doing it, because it was a mess before. Mm -hmm. So I, I sat there and I watched them, and so I'd promote them. And they all knew they were going to get promoted because we had these four empty ones at the top of the list. I finally told them that if they did a good job, they'd get promoted. And they'd get the better cabin, or the better... Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. And uh, so, uh, and they'd get the cabins. They finally decided they were going to have girls there. We kind of like that, <laughs> and uh, so I explained to them, everyone's going to get promoted. If you do a good job, you'll get promoted way ahead of someone else. So that worked pretty good, and uh, they really liked the, the way I ran it because, uh, yeah, you know, they all were excited. thunder yeah the thunder yeah. but uh so uh, well, anyways what else out of all of the activities what were some of your favorite what was what was your favorite out of all those actually i enjoyed working and being in charge of all the waiters and okay yeah I, yeah I, I really enjoyed that. It, it seems uh, like, yeah, it seems like that's one of, throughout your life you were mostly a salesman, weren't you? Would you say at camp that's sort of, would you say that's sort of where it started, or would you say that there's times before that? Yeah, I, I, I never thought of that. It's, uh, I, yeah, I was like a salesman, right. Yeah, it seems like you had a real knack for it. Yeah, I liked changing people's minds. To my way of thinking, I don't know if that's good or not, but uh, you know, it, it worked pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but they all enjoyed it because they got a better position if they did a good job. So yeah, uh, uh, you know, it, it worked out good. Yeah, yeah. This is just a few questions that I forgot to ask you while we were outside. Um, I would love to know a little bit more about, do you remember anything about the craft barn? 
they stored, I believe they, I think Cousin Ken told me something that they stored ice in the basement. Oh, yeah? Yeah, do you remember anything about that? Yeah. Down in the basement, there was sawdust down there, and, and uh, they used to put the sawdust around to keep it cold. Okay, that's really interesting. And so, how did they use sawdust? Did they fill the walls, or did they just cover the ice? Well, they filled the wall right up. They filled the walls with sawdust. Okay, that's interesting. And how long did the camp last for? Did it last for the whole summer? No, it lasted for about a month. A month? Okay. But uh, some people didn't stay that long. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And you did mention that one of your sisters went to Camp Woodstock about the about a year after you started going. Did you have any other family members? Ruth went. I think Grace went. That's all. That's it? Okay. Just one more question. Was there anything that you really didn't like about the camp? Because I know I asked you, I told you, I asked you what you really liked about the camp earlier. But was there anything, well, was there anything that you didn't like about it? I didn't like. No, I just liked it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's all. That was the questions that I wanted to bring up. That I. Yeah, well, it was a good camp. I enjoyed it. That's good. All righty. Well, thanks for finish for clearing those answers up. Okay. I hope you go and you'll have a good time.